Matthew chapter 22 verse 30 to 40 says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the Old Testament. Everything that was written in the word of God. Hang them on those two commandments. And Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 12 verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Indeed, thy word is truth. Sanctify us by your word, Lord God. Lord, open our hearts to receive. Open our eyes to see. Lord God, open our ears to hear. And Heavenly Father, may we not only hear your word, but empower us by your spirit to be doers also. May we, in this very moment, by an act of our will, deliberately choose to make it our ambition to please you in everything that we do. For this is man's all. This is our duty, Lord God, to bring pleasure to you. We were made for your good pleasure. So, Father, have your way in our midst. Let your will be done for your glory. Speak to us, Lord. Speak. So we may hear and seek to obey. To declare that we love you. And live a life that is pleasing to you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope you're in agreement. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so again... What is the point of life? You know what I mean? Like teenagers, being in youth ministry, we always try to get this, like, or have this addressed. What is the point of life? What is the purpose? You know, our people say, what is my purpose? Or what is the will of God for my life? What should I be doing? You know, and you feel like it's this maze that you have to try to navigate, and then there's an end, and there's some who kind of make it through it, and there's some who miss it. And it seems like this is complex, complicated thing. And some people seem like they're more on their path. And others seem like they're missing it and all of that. So what is the point? And even in the midst of it, sometimes you're like, why am I doing this? What is really the point? What's the point of life? Right? And so, last week, Pastor Mark started a series. And he, he basically showed, like, demonstrated it. Basically to say, life has three major points. And these three major points are connected and interrelated, but have different levels of importance. It can be, bet- can be better understood by looking at them at a triangle. It's three major points. Try. So it's bit better understood by looking at it at a triangle, right? In the form of a triangle. Whereas the triangle, <laughs> hallelujah, amen. The triangle will have at its apex point or at the top, at the highest point, love God. And in us loving God, we will then transferring it to loving others and then also love ourselves. Amen? Amen. All right. So it's 
we read the commandment just and everything. And if you notice, it said it's the first commandment to love God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength. This, this is so simple. It seems so simple. Here's the thing. It's the first. And mean, if you miss this, you just miss the whole point. It's like if you're getting, an, getting anything, there's always an order and there's an instruction with the other. If you miss the first thing and start at number two, it's like if you're going to cook some food and you're supposed to put the water in the pot and turn on the fire, but instead you start at, like, light the fire first, put on the pot with some water. Then you think, instead of you lighting the fire, you put on the pot with the water, you start putting in the food, the food not going to cook. You've missed the whole point of you saying you're cooking food. You didn't do the first thing. So what's the first commandment? Love God. When you love God, the rest of it will now be able to be appropriated for you to love others, love self. Now, do not confuse love self with selfishness, right? Self-centeredness, but with you understanding who you are and who you're made to be so you can now be a conduit of God's love. So there's a difference between selfishness, right? And loving yourself. Amen? You're listening very attentively. Or you're, it, there's a difference between loving yourself, right? And being selfish. Amen? Or looking for self-gratification. But you have to love God first and foremost. Having received God's love, love others. And then you can love yourself. So last week, Pastor Omar answered two questions. Right? To point to what is the point of life. Right? And the two questions are, um, having, saying that we should love God, love others, love ourselves, uh, and the apex it being love God, and first and foremost, love God. Why should you love God? If you're told to love him, why should you love God? Very simple question. It should be asked. Why should you love God? Right? And how do you love God? So the first question, why should you love God? How can you and basically, how are you going to be able or why should you love a God that you can't see? You know, how is this even possible? Why do you love God? Or why, why love God? Because this unseen God that you can't see, he made you. And he made everything. Why, should, why love God? Because he made you. God made man. Right? And so, the fact that, I tell you, the fact that you can be in here and enjoy AC, air conditioning and stuff. I'm not enjoying it so much. I'm cold. Alright, right? But the very simple things of just breathing and uh, being, some of you might have, have had breakfast this morning and you love coffee with condensed milk, not creamer, whatever it might be. You ever think about it and say, you know, even just the pleasantry of being able to taste and all of that is just because of how God is good and he created me a certain way that I can enjoy this. So, like, like you just look, like, even through simple things like that, just love God. You, some of you aren't, like, you're here now, you're probably not listening so clearly to me because you're thinking about when you go home with the red rice and whatever else was left over from yesterday's dinner, how you go enjoy it and all them kind of thing. You know why you can enjoy food and food is there? God made it. God is good. So let's love God because he made all things. He made us and he gave us all things to richly enjoy, right? And the point of man's creation, our man is created to love and to worship God who created him. 
So here's something that would be good for you to hear, right? You were created by love. God is love, right? To be loved. You're an object of his love. So you can love love. You can write that down, right? You were created by love. You know that God is love. To be loved. So you can love love. This, I hope they sink in. You are an object of God's love. The only person who can make that not what God intended for it to be is when you deliberately reject God's love and now be his enemy. But he, he created you out of love because he's love. So he can love you so you can love him and love others. Hallelujah. Amen? So how do we love this God that loves us and created us for love and created us to be loved so we can love him? How do we love him? The scripture says it very clearly. Love, Mark twelve thirty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Right? In other words, we are to love God passionately. You are to love God with everything in you. With everything you got. And with everything that you are. Love God passionately. Right? So basically, Jesus is really saying, this is it. Here it is. Love God with everything in you and with everything you got. Just love God. The, The word strength there, not the end of it, the word strength there, it's an Hebrew word. That is meod. M-E and there's the thing and then O-D, right? Meod. And what that means is like very, very greatly, right? And so basically, when it says with all, with all your strength, it's taking it to a level that like supersedes any other thing or any, like everything and every all everything very very it's with all of you right like just love god so passionately yeah and that is our purpose and that is the point of life if you miss that you miss the whole purpose and the point of your life the the expositors bible commentary says it this way god is to be loved completely and totally because he and he alone is god and because he has made a covenant of love with his people in the covenant, God gives himself in God gives himself totally in love to his people. Therefore, he expects his people to give themselves totally to totally in love to him. And the message translation says this: So love the Lord your God with all your passion, which is all your heart, and prayer, which is all your soul, and intelligence, which is all your mind, and energy, which is all that you have. All your effort, give it all. When it comes on to loving God. The, the, the truth is that we are going to be challenged to do that. Because there are other things that might be seeking to take that attention and that affection. And we can be deceived to think that they are, it's actually worth it. But nothing should come before God. First and foremost. Amen? Amen. So last week, again, Pastor, you looked at. Two ways 
of how to love God passionately. All right? And he took these two ways from the, the... There's a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman, and it's called The Five Love Languages. And so it means that you can actually... Well, after he has studied, he's a pastor, he's a counselor, right? And um, he has studied for years, and he recognized that going through counseling and all that with people who are getting married and have been married, he recognized that it basically comes down to five ways that we either receive or express love. And all of us, everybody does not have the same love language, right? I, I like... I like gifts. I'm like, like receiving gifts. You don't have to tell me that you love me. I'm not so much for the word of affirmation. Right? Um, I like acts of service. When you do something for me, I feel like I feel so undeserving and everything. So it feels like, whoa. Right? Um, I like physical touch. Quality time, yeah. I think, weird. I have, I have a lot of long languages. I'm just realizing that. Right? My, and I think my wife... Like, she has all the five too as well. But there are some people who you don't need all of that stuff. You give, once you're giving them gifts, or they're giving you gifts, they're, they're good. Yeah? But they're, they're basically, there are five. And so last week, Pastor look at loving God passionately means to speak words of affirmation to God. That's one. And how do you do that? I said it earlier. Yeah, loving God passionately. Amen. It means to speak or speaking words of affirmation to him. So you don't, you like, instead of complaining, which we all can, and we always can find something that's not the way we want it to, you actually, regardless of what you're going through, God, I bless you. I thank you that you are working this for my good. Thank you that you're working this for the good. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you, Lord God, that you're teaching me something through this that you're going to use for your glory. And you continue to affirm and speak to God good, good, and like you say, good glorifying words, affirming who God is. Not because God is going to get better, but it's actually helping you to be transformed and changed into the image of Christ. Amen. And then two, loving God passionately means spending quality time with God. This is most important. This is very, very important. All right? Let me see like, all right, everybody, remember you cannot fall asleep. Now, if you if if you have your devotions every day, just like raise your hand. Like if you have devotions like every morning, raise your hand. I'm trying to get there. I have it most mornings, but I'm, I'm trying to get let it be like every day. And I, I'll continue to give my best to try to make it every day, right? But you should have devotions, you should have quality time with God. Quality time with God is uninterrupted, undistracted, devoted time. Where you get to spend in the word of God, you get to pray, you get to read, you get to meditate, and you get to be lifted in spirit by the spirit of God and his word and being ministered to. And so, God is an amazing thing with spending quality time with God. God actually wants you to spend time with him. The creator of the universe, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the omnipresent God, actually wants to spend time with me and with you and with all of us in a nice little personal time. That is like that's astounding and it's something that should excite you. So when you get up to your devotions, you shouldn't feel like I forgot to read no and then we need to make some notes and then we're supposed to pray. It shouldn't be this arduous task. You should actually be excited. When you wake up in the mornings, and I think that is the best time, 
to go and do your devotions and spend time in the word and see and hear from God. You know that most times if you spend time with God first thing in the day, your day usually is way more blessed. It's like your steps are ordered and you get to see the hand of God. When the first thing, first thing first, spend time with God, right? And so we love God passionately by spending quality time with it, with him. So we're going to look at the other three love languages, which are receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch, right? As how we can love God, as how we can really live out or, or what the point of life is. We're going to look at those other three aspects or those three factors of our three ways of loving God passionately when in, in accordance with the five love languages. All right? So the, the next one is loving God passionately means receiving the gifts he has given. James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of light, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Every good gift is from God. Right? Every good gift is from God, the Father of light, in whom there is no shadow of turning. Right? And so he gives good gifts. Always seeking to give good gifts. And so in a relational sense, there are some people who love to give gifts, and the rest of us like to receive gifts. And I admitted it this morning in the first service, and I'll tell you the truth. I am more on the receiving gift side. Right? I like to receive gifts. And God is so good to me. I have some friends who are givers, and they love to give good gifts. Right? Seriously. I, I tell you, like, I, I share this. Like, this ring, I got married. Right? It's, a, it's a seven diamond ring, and I don't, I don't even know how many carats it is. Right? And um, I got it as a gift from a friend. Right? And, and this watch that I'm wearing, the other day I went to visit a friend and that and, and this stuff right here, I don't even like this. He said, wear it every day. Right? And I, so I've been wearing it every day since. It's nice. So I got this gift, right? And um, the, the, the ring that I gave my wife, uh, it's a nice ring too. Roll it up, baby. She's around the back. You can see the ping from around there, right? I got it as a gift. Amen. Alright. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like, the car that I drive, say it after me. It's a? Amen. Alright. The shoes that I have on right now, the jacket that I have on. Alright. So and, and they've been from friends and family, and, and I've gotten like a lot of gifts. And, uh, I guess I express uh, acts of service. I, I try to be there. I love, I think I love people. I try to love people. And, um, yeah, I, I, I have some good friends, right? And, you know, like I said, I visited a friend and when I, when I went by, he, the person gave me these gifts and they gave me gifts to other people. Um, I got a, a shoe, I, I have another shoe that I could have worn this morning. But guess what? It's actually nicer than this outfit. It's one of them, one of those shoes I have to wear in when we decide to come to church first Sunday in my jacket. 
and tie and like in my suit, like yeah, right. One of those shoes, like like it sits nicely, like a really nice color and stuff. But so I've I've been able to receive gifts by the goodness of God, really good friends and stuff. And so some people are just good at giving gifts. And here's the thing, though, keep this in mind: God loves to give good gifts to His children. Somebody told me that a long time ago. Person told me, you know, a woman that I really look up to. She said to me, she said, Brother Desnan, whatever you receive, always remember that it is God that gave it to you, not necessarily a man. And so everything that I just told it that I got, I know that it was God through the people, anyways, right? And that's just his goodness. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so he always seeks to give good gifts to his children. Uh, we can look at John 10, verse 10, and it says this that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. And Jesus now says this. But, and it's like a but. I have come that you are, they may have life, which is our chief or his people, and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. All right? A lot of prosperity preachers and so use that to say that, like what I was talking about a while ago, the ring and all of those things. But he pointed to eternal life. All right? And that means that the abundance of life. The life that will not run out. The life that is lacking nothing. And keep, remember this. Eternal life is not just a period of time. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. And that's the, that's the gift. And God is always seeking to give the, that indescribable gift to those who are so willing to receive it. In Matthew seven eleven, it says, You being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. What say your heavenly father? In Luke 11.13, and I love this one now, it says, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the heavenly father, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If somebody ever come to you and ask you if you have the spirit, if you're not sure, go inside and say, heavenly father, give me your spirit. Sounds too simple, doesn't it? But ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. God is seeking to give good gifts to us. Jesus was really saying that, I want to give you an awesome life filled with meaning, significance, security, and purpose. And I want to give you everything you need to make that happen. If you follow me, I'll make sure that you get that full life. So God has given us some good gifts. And uh, it, like, this is not an exhaustive list. Uh, there's so much that God has given and will continue to give. If I start naming them out, we'll be here until forever. Because God is eternal, and his goodness is eternal, and all that he gives is eternal. So, but I'll just share a few of them from some of the good gifts. Yeah? Wisdom in trials. God gives wisdom in trials. And here's the thing. When you're going through trial, or when you're going through temptation... One of the things that you're quote-unquote tempted to do a lot of times is to ask for the situation to change or try to find a way to make it better. You know what you really need to do? Ask for wisdom. The scripture says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Right? Patience produces endurance. Make you perfect, lacking nothing. But whenever you ask for wisdom, God upbraid it not. He doesn't act with reproach. He is happy. He gives with liberality. Ask for wisdom. Right? 
Because really and truly, that trial is not here to just unbug you and make you uncomfortable. It's here to change you. You know that you need to be changed? You need to ask for wisdom. He, he gives ways out of temptation because he's the way. He gives blessings. He's the blessed God forever. He, he answers prayers. And Jesus is the answer. He's the strength and ability to provide for ourselves and our family. God gives that, right? Amen. And he's our strength. Peace in the midst of trial. He's the prince of peace. He gives his word to direct, instruct, to strengthen you. He's the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was with God. He gives his spirit. If we have not his spirit, we're none of his. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' spirit. God gives that to us, right? Or gives him to us. And he gives us family. Family church on Rock Wuchurius. People here, the believers, we're all family. Like my real brother, real, real brothers. The friends I told you about that God used to give the good gifts, they're here at church on the rock. Right? I'm not going to tell you who they are. So you might want to go try to friend them up, see if we can get some of those gifts and shorten my stuff. It's not going to work, right? I'm kidding. It's not like that. But anyways, he gives us family. And that's, uh, you know we need each other, right? And the best gifts, like children. It's such an awesome gift from God. Learn how to express love and to receive love. And, and that's good. But the thing about gifts is that you have to receive them. And receiving the gift is not just you get it, you take it, and that's it. There's an unwrapping of that gift. So there's a process of unwrapping that gift. That that gift now will be able to be effective and serve the purpose for which it was given. You can receive a gift and put it aside. There's some people who shy away from receiving certain gifts because of the responsibility that comes with the gift. You know that receiving Christ comes with the responsibility of trusting him and him being your Lord. You know why some people don't receive Christ? They don't want to submit to his lordship. It needs now you have to get over yourself. And know completely and explicitly trust him. And so, God always is seeking to give good gifts. We need to receive it, let it be unwrapped, and let it be appropriated and, and fulfill the purpose for which it was given. Right? But the thing is that with all gifts, we have to receive it, we have to reach out and, and take it by faith, take them for ourselves. And here's the thing about gifts giving and our gift receiving, rather. The same friends that I just told you about. When I went and saw him the other day, let me show you that thing, and they were giving me this stuff. And he said, he said this, like, I bought these things for myself and I've had them for a while and I think they're so, like, I really like them. But I've just thought that I want to give it to someone who is going to wear it every day and really can, like, use it for the purpose for which I would want to give it. And uh, he said, wear it every day. And so I think I got it on Monday, and I've worn them every day. I'm obedient, right? But the thing, though, is that whenever somebody is giving us a gift, and if we, when they give it to the person, and the person might say to you, oh, oh, they're nice. I enjoy it. Well, in English, oh, they're nice. But um, you shouldn't have. And you're like, no man. And you're like, 
No, 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 you really shouldn't have. Right. And they'll be like rejecting the gift. The thing about it is that you wouldn't just feel like they're rejecting the gift. You feel like they've rejected you. Because you, it's well thought out. You, well, you really wanted to give them this. You think that is like so good and you, know, you, you had them on your mind. And for them to just say, you know what? We're good. Or I'm fine. It's okay. You, like, it's not, you, you don't feel like they just didn't want that. You feel like they put everything, all the effort, whatever you put into it, and rejected you. I believe that God is hurt when we reject his gifts. And especially when we reject his, the gift of his son, our salvation. Read it. Read it in John, the Gospel of John. When he was on the cross, they pierced his side. Water and blood came out because it, it, touched, it touched his heart. What he did going on the cross and giving his life for us, was, it's heartbreaking for you to just reject that. And every day, someone might hear a message like this and then still walk away and reject the gift of Jesus Christ and salvation. And we know that it's hurting. It hurts God. And one of the reasons why we do that is why? You think you don't need Jesus. Sometimes people think they don't need Jesus right now. Honestly. Or they don't need the gift that God is giving. Right? Or, they probably think that, you know, they have a better idea than God in terms of what the gift should be. If God should come to you right now and ask you, like he did with Solomon, ask me for whatever you want and I will give it to you. What would you ask for? You might try to be cute and say, I'll act like Solomon. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But the truth is, most people, and it, more money. Because we really think that money can answer all of our problems. Right? And so, we are not, we are looking to ways where we can even earn more money and putting aside the gifts that God will desire and seek to give us. So, take the gifts that God has for you. I'm pleading by the mercies of God. The gifts that God gives, seek after those and take them, unwrap them, and let them become effective in your life. God knows what is best for you. Amen? See, I have a, if you look at my phone, in my phone ring, it says, Tanise, when my wife called me on the phone ring, it says, Tanisha, my gift. And when I call her, it says, Deslan, my gift. Okay, get it? We were gifts to each other. But receive the gifts that God has for you. Amen? We love God passionately. She's shouting, Amen. No, you know it's true. Gift that God has for you. And so, second point, or the fourth love language. In terms of how we can love God passionately. Loving God passionately means doing acts of service. Doing acts of service. And you know when you think about this you're like yay. Especially if you've been in church and you're in ministry. You should feel like that's me. You mean that I'm, I am loving God passionately. When I come to church I'm, I'm on time. I, 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 I look. I, I give it my all. And I do. You know what I mean? I I put it all in. And that is great and that is okay. But there's a little tricky thing to it, right? Whereas, 
loving God in terms of act of service, acts of service, and let me use this as a, an example. If you read the book of Luke, I think it's in chapter 10, at the end of it, 38 to 40 something, right? You can go and read the Bible. Always read the Bible after you hear a sermon to make sure that the, the preacher is on point, right? In Luke chapter 10, it, there's a story of Mary and Martha. You probably have heard of it. And Martha was um, doing a lot of serving. The Lord was there and she was doing a lot of work serving. Mary just went by Jesus and sat down at his feet. And Martha got upset that she even came to Jesus. And I'm thinking that when I read it, I can't get your tone of voice. I was like, it was like Lord, what, 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 is, what is this? How are you doing so much work and Mary is there sitting? And it looked like you were falling it too. Right? <laughs> and the Lord was like, Martha, Martha. Right? You're troubled with much work and all of that. But here's the thing. Mary has found a good thing. And what is that? She was sitting by Jesus' feet. Here's why this is important. You need to get the instruction from the Lord and do what he tells you to do, not what you want to do, and do not do what he didn't tell you not to do. And a lot of times we, we think that, and it happens in, in, in relationships too, right? I would want to come home and spend some time with Tanisha, and she feels like she needs to clean the house and wash the clothes and cook. And I really just want to spend some time. If she come home, she could say, baby, she called me baby, no, sometimes. Right? And she said, babes, what would you like? And I said, you know what? Just put on a cup of tea and let's sit down and watch a movie. I think she would like that, really. Anyways, right? <laughs> but if, if it's better sometimes you do it that way more than you just get into doing all kind of things and saying that you're serving someone when that's not really what they... And so how does it point to? Oh, no, acts of service. Acts of service are done out of obedience because we're talking about loving God passionately. Obedience and also doing good work. And here's what the scripture says. John 14, 23 to 24. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. Amen? And so he says it. Scripture says it clearly. If you love me, you will obey me. Don't get it the other way around. You're not seeking, you're not trying to obey to love. It's because you love why you obey. It's the fact that you have determined in your heart, deliberately, with your effort and your attitude, to do whatever is pleased because you love God. Because you know, as we declared earlier, he made all things. He's before all things, he's love. He loves us so passionately. And you have now said to yourself, I am going to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And out of that will flow obedience. You'll find it very difficult after that, having heard what God has told you to do, to just disregard it and do your own thing. And so the obedience is now flowing out of the love that you have for God. Amen? And we are supposed to love God passionately. Right? And some people think that loving God is merely an emotional thing. Oh, I love you, Jesus. We sang, sang the songs this morning. And they say, we sing about the goodness of, I love you, Lord. Your mercies never fail me. 
You guys are not laughing. It means I'm singing better now, right? But yes, it's an emotional thing for everyone, right? But love is not primarily an emotion. It's primarily an action. And that's especially true when it comes to loving God. You have to be deliberate about what you do. And you have to put, come in with the effort and the attitude. You're not going to perfectly love God. You're not perfect. Love in itself is the bond of perfection. Amen? So, you're going to make mistakes. But when you make those mistakes, your attitude will speak of really and truly if you love him or not. Or the effort that you put into not doing that thing anymore that you know that God is not pleased with. Amen? And so, your acts of service have to primarily be based on the fact that you love him so much that you want to do what is pleasing to him and that is only done out of obedience. Do what he tells you to do. Alright? And so we have a, it's good to have a passionate and emotional love for God, but we have to show that we love him by obeying him. Otherwise, it's just lip service. Right? And Jesus is very clear about what he thinks about that. If you love him, you must obey him. And in your obedience, the second part is that you will do good works in his name. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and, your, and praise your Father in heaven. Do good things for people. And so write this down on your thing. Galatians 6 verse 10. If you're a believer, write this down. Galatians 6 verse 10. Right? Do good things for people. Especially those who are of the family of God. Or, or, or who are of the household of faith. This is Bible. What am I saying? You're a part of the family of God. If your brother in church is in need... And there's a person outside who is in need as well. First, take care of the person who is of the household of faith. Uh, only one person agree. Well, that's the Bible. It's not me. It's not right. The Bible says that. Amen. Amen. And so we are. We we. It's like like when a company has like preferred customers, like. In, in terms of family and loving and caring, we, we prefer the believer. But, but, you should really and truly just do good for anyone you can, when you can. So still seek to do all the good you can, whenever you can, to whomever you can. But always bear in mind that you seek to love and seek to do good works in the body first, right? When people see that we love one another, they'll know that we are really his disciples. And people will see that kindness, right? And they'll see that love and they also will seek to be a part of it. So we pray with and for the church family and we make sure that we, we tend to each other's needs. We are, we are attentive to the point when if somebody don't even say it, or if they, you get a hint of them being in need and you can feel that need, you be there for them. And that's how we operate in doing good works in his name. And we also, as I said, do all the good you can to whomever you can, whenever you can, even outside of the body. Because 
Then people see those good works. Well, he's really a Christian. He belongs like that. Look, there's something different. There's something different about him because he's seeking to always do good. And they will now see God. They'll see the glory of God. Uh, those who are outside and those who are inside, when they get, they'll praise His name. And now, finally, the last point or the last way: loving God passionately means physically touching others because that touches God. And so the physical touch part was kind of tricky when you think about it, as, which is a love language. How do you physically touch God? It's a God that you can't see, right? And in, a, in the love languages, when it comes down to relationships, as we said, this part or this love language is one of, the th- one of the love languages that a lot of men are very much into. Physical touch, right? You know, uh, we did marriage on the rock. Um, that's a, like a counseling uh, series or a book and it has like instructions in it for persons going to get married or who are married and it on the rock which is on Christ right and it, it we went through it we went through a 12, three, 12 week thing here most of us here at church on the rock relationship uh, um, series and out of it most of the women would say that their husband's love language is um, physical touch because Sometimes the wife may just come over and like just want to hold hands. The husband think like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Something I go on, right? Or if the wife just wants to cuddle, or you know what I mean, she just wants to like you like a massage or you know, you kinda you know, just hug. Right? The husband really think that is like uh-huh. Suki suki now, right? Like they're going to, yeah. So always looking to see that they're like, and so they love the whole physical touch aspect of this whole thing. Um, so when it comes on to do, and so keep this in mind, husbands, every time your, husband, your wife come and touch, like it's not because there's any, she just really wants some affection, right? It, it, it doesn't have to lead to anything more than holding hands and hugging and all of that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Right? And so physic- but physically touching or loving God passionately um, by physically touching would mean touching others, or which is really touching the body of Christ. Right? We can physically touch the church. You know that we are the body of Christ. The people in the body of Christ. And transitioning from doing good works in his name where we are there for the family of God. Also touching those who are part of the body of Christ. Really, in essence, when we smile, hug, give a word of encouragement with kind acts and all these sorts of things, we're actually touching the body of Christ. We, we here who are born again, and um, we are basically Jesus' hands, his feet, we are the body of Christ. And when we do things for each other, when others do things for us, we are really physically, literally touching the body of Christ. And here's the thing. The example is this. And there are a lot of kids here and stuff. You know that when somebody does something good for your child or for your children, you feel as if they've done it for you. And, and here's even greater when they do it for your child, you actually receive it in a way that it's almost like it's better than if they had done it for you. It touches us deep, right? So you can imagine, even for God, whenever we are there for each other like that, 
how much. Because you can come to church and you can you tithe and you give your offerings. But let's say there's a brother or sister here who is in need and you can take them to the supermarket and you can buy their grocery or you know I me, mean? you can help them with something. You know, anyway, whatever the need might be, how that in itself touch God. It's just in the same way as if it was your child and somebody else did something for them. Amen? And, and God is the good, good father. All right? And so we can touch, a physical touch, by touching or being there for each other who are part of the family of God. Amen? And so we outline the five love languages, the five ways how you can love God passionately. Speaking words of affirmation. Always seek to praise God. Always seek to honor his name. Always seek to praise him in whatever situations. Continue to praise him. We said it's spending quality time with God. And the amazing thing is that God wants to spend time with you. He wants you to get to know him. He wants you and him to have like intimacy. Right? Want to have an intimate relationship. We want, he wants to have like intercourse where you are coming together. And that will take time spent with each other. Right? You can love God passionately by receiving the gifts that God has for you. Take the gifts. Primarily the gift of Christ through which all other gifts flow. We can love God passionately by acts of service. Availing yourself to be used by him. Availing yourself to follow him obediently and to do that which he tells you to do. Right? And do good works prepared beforehand. Loving God passionately means to physically touch the body of Christ. To be there for each other. To meet each other's needs. To love on each other. Yeah? To Love on each other to glorify God. Amen? And you, you might have heard these five and sometimes you'll say, this is my way, this is my language. But here's the encouragement. Seek to love God with all five. I am not there yet. And I don't have to prophesy to say, none of you are necessarily there yet. But seek and aspire to come of ire in your expressing and your receiving of God's love. Through those five ways we can do that. Because you, as it's the first commandment, and you would have missed the point of why you're here, your very existence, if you don't love God passionately with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with everything that is in you. The reality is, we live in a world where there are people who claim to love God, but their lifestyle don't back it up. And take this as an encouragement. It's not to condemn. Always do some introspection. Always check yourself. Are you loving God passionately? There might be, as we just pointed out, one, in one of those ways you think that you might be lacking and you need to come off higher. And I said, encouragement is come off higher in every way. Right? Unless, and, and without this, as we said, your life would seemingly be meaningless. Solomon said, we use the Ecclesiastes scripture. He said, and started out by saying, all is vanity and grasping for the wind. If you let your lives just go on 
and you miss this first and most important commandment of loving God with all that you are and all that you have, you would have missed it. And we don't want to play a church. We actually want to love God. We actually want to seek to love God. And so we need to ask God to help us to love him as we should so we can love his family as we should. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to ask God to help us to love him as we should so we can love him or love his family as we should. Only he can make that difference in our hearts and you can make that transformation. Only he can, only he can take us to that place that we need to. We, once we submit ourselves and give the effort and have the attitude that can bring us to that place. And with all that has been said, and a lot has been said, and it's the truth, it's from the word of God. The thing is that, we mentioned it, God is the giver of good gifts. But if you're online, or if you're here this morning, and the gift of Christ, scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that is, whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The scripture says in John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13, Yet to all who receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. If you have not yet received Jesus, here's the thing. You need to become a child of God. And unless you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are headed to a place called hell. None of us are born Christians. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We can only become a Christian by being born again. And that's receiving of his spirit. As we look back at the triangle, love God, love others, love yourself. Receiving God's love is where we can truly love others and love ourselves. There are a lot of us who are still challenged just even with loving ourselves. And in seeking to have significance or relevance or to make an impression or have an impact, we don't look to the love of God. We don't receive of his love. We don't seek him first. And we go after all these other things and miss the point of life completely. Never even accepting ourselves for how God made us so we can receive his love and actually fulfill our purpose. And I pray in Jesus' name that, that if that is the issue for anyone, the Lord God Almighty will bring a revelation of how much you are loved and how much he desires to have that intimate relationship with you, spend quality time and use you for his glory. And so I like to pray for those who have not yet received Jesus Christ. Sometimes we'll pray the sinner's prayer. I don't believe the sinner's prayer saves anyone. Jesus saves. But if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. So we pray that you receive saving faith that you'll confess the Lordship of Christ. 
And for those who have received Jesus Christ, and you know that you are now making it about other things, we will also ask and pray that God will be first place in your life and you'll seek to love him with all that you are and everything that you have passionately for his glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we Lord God Almighty, sometimes the words escape us, Lord God. When you reveal your truth to us and you reveal how much you love us and when you recognize how wretched we have been and how we've turned aside but your word says that Jesus Christ was a lamb slaughtered before the foundations of the world. Lord, that just remind me and I pray that you remind us that you loved us so much even before time began because you are love that you made a way even before we missed the way. And so Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that if there's anyone who heard from you today and they've been convicted by your spirit, they will not reject the gift of your son. They will not reject you, Lord God Almighty. But they will receive eternal life. That in so doing, they receive all the other gifts that you so delight in giving us. Truth, wisdom, temperance, kindness, faithfulness, goodness. May hearts be transformed, Lord God Almighty. And they'll enter into the newness of life, into the family of God. Have your way, Lord God. And Father, for those who know you, those who have received your spirit, your children, Lord God, and they go along this journey are looking at other things, have become distracted, and their passion and their heart's desire are now set on the things of this world, the things that are passing, whether it's some other relationship, something tangible, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will illuminate the heart that they return to their first love. That they'll return to you, Lord God, to return to Jesus Christ and love you with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. I pray that their minds will be set on you, their hearts will be set on you. First thing in the morning, they'll seek to spend time with you, devoted, uninterrupted, undistracted time, completely loving you, and then the love will overflow to others. And an appreciation for who you've made them to be. A love of your creation will also come to pass, Lord God. And that bond of perfection, love, will saturate our lives. And the point of life, the reason why we're created, will be lived out as objects of your love who will love you 
and love others. Thank you, Lord God, for your patience, your kindness, your mercy, your goodness, your grace. I pray for everyone here in this room, Lord God, that they would have been ministered and they would have received and a transformation and a change has taken place. That you'll be glorified, Lord God. Thank you for those who join online and I pray too, Lord God Almighty, that they would have received and your work will be doing a san- your word will be doing a sanctifying work, making them new and drawing them closer to you. For what is man's all but to fear you, to love you, to respect you, to honor you, to seek to glorify you and keep your commandments. Continue to have your way. You are the blessed God forever. And we love you, Lord, because you loved us first. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. Amen. Stand to your feet as we will go out with a song of praise. Remember to join us on New Year's Eve night. Here we start at 10 p.m. until 12 midnight. We ring in the new year and we close out the year that was. Continue to praise him, affirm God, spend time with him, receive his gifts, acts of service, and physically touch his body and family. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of the year. God bless you.